when my sister Mary had her first baby, Elizabeth, I remember calling and talking to her and she would say, oh, she's in a milk coma. And she, I was like, what? And she's like, she's just so incredibly satisfied. Just laying there, a train could go through our house and that baby would not have woken up. I wonder if any of us over the past six to eight weeks have been in a food coma, whether it was that horseradish crusted beef tenderloin, twice baked potatoes, blue bell peppermint bark, ice cream with a side of fudge and lobster. We went to bed with full bellies and then guess what happened? The next morning we woke up, it! we were hungry again. And we were planning our next feast. Contentment with food is so short-lived. God made us this way. Metabolisms, even though they might be slowing as we age, they, they give us this fuel that's going through our bodies and we eventually need more. We, we don't ever reach a point our whole life long where we're done with food, where the desire to eat subsides. It's just the way God made us. I, I, I imagine that you understand that how perishable food is and how it, it doesn't just stick with us, then why in the world is this first I am image in the Gospel of John? Why does Jesus choose food? It's so perishable. It, it doesn't satisfy forever. And if Jesus was going to choose a food, or if I could have chosen a food for Jesus, there were some way better ones in first century Palestine he could have chosen. You know, olives, figs, fish, something that would have like stuck with you for longer, but it's bread. Just simple bread. As my kids would say, bread is only good when it's given something else to dip it in or to top on top of it. You know, it's just bread. And so I want us to look at the context of where Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And the context is very, very important here. It all takes place on one day. And in the morning, Jesus finds himself on a hillside with thousands and thousands and thousands of people. The scripture tells us that there's 5,000, which would have just measured the men. So thousands and thousands of people, and with five loaves and two fish, they all eat. And the scripture says this, they all ate as much as they wanted. Not as much as they needed. This Palestinian crowd got to eat, as the scripture says, until they were satisfied. Their bellies were full. If you think about it, for many of the crowd, they might have never eaten to satisfaction. These are peasants. They are living from meal to meal. So you can imagine what they wanted to do. The scripture tells us that they thought this man, Jesus, was so amazing they wanted to make him king. And so they came towards him, the crowds, wanting to make him king, not because he had saved them from tyranny, not because he had done away with taxes, but because he had filled their bellies to satisfaction. 
Well, Jesus, knowing that this is what the crowd wanted and knowing that his purpose in being on this earth wasn't to be some political figure, wasn't to overthrow the government, the scripture tells us that he withdrew by himself to pray. And when he did that, the day is going on, his disciples, they go down to the bottom of the hill at the base of where they'd all these mountain, all they had all been fed, and they get in some boats and they cross over the Sea of Galilee. And this is the story y'all know well where they're in the middle of the sea and then all of a sudden Jesus starts walking out on water to them. That's a sermon for another time. So they get over to the other side. Well, the crowds get hungry. Hours have passed. And the scripture says that they walk down to the lake and they, they figure, I guess that's where Jesus must have gone. They get in those boats and they follow him. And then our text picks up today. As we prepare to hear God's word, let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for this text and how descriptive you have given it to us, how vibrant. Oh God, may that give us a picture of ourselves in this story. May we hear you speaking to us. May everything that is of me fall by the wayside, Lord God. Pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So we're going to pick up at John chapter 6 in verse 25. Hear the word of our Lord. When they, which is the multitude, found him, which is Jesus, they found him on the other side of the sea. They said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, for it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. Then they say to him, well, what must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God that you believe in the one whom he has sent. So they said to him, well, what sign are you going to give us then so that we might see it and and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors, they ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For, down, for the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they say to him, Sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. So mere hours have passed since the crowds were fed and satisfied and got to eat all that they wanted. Practically, they, they are now hungry crowds, maybe hangry crowds. And what they know about this man, Jesus, is that he fulfilled their need, their physical need for hunger, and so they follow him. 
Uh, one theologian said, this crowd has become so focused on being full. I have often tried to really analyze what did Jesus mean here? And this time I have been so stopped by the crowds. So focused on being full. Jesus knows this and he tells them, I know the reason that you came. I know the reason that you got in those boats and you crossed over. It wasn't because of the miracle that you just saw, is because you ate your fill. You want that satisfaction. You want to feel full again. You ate your fill of the loaves, he says to them. See, the crowds, they're, they're only seeing the physical needs that Jesus can meet. And so they say back to Jesus, as, as maybe we would have, well, is there any way we could do that amazing work? Any way we could do that amazing work? Can you show us how we can do amazing works of God like that? And Jesus says, no amazing works here, just believe. Just believe in the one whom God has sent, but they keep pressing because that's not enough. And sometimes the crowds, sometimes we keep pressing. Well, can you perform another miracle? Because back there this morning, that wasn't enough. The feeding of the thousands and thousands of people with five loaves and two fish. Can you just give us one more sign? I mean, the reason that our ancestors believed was because, you know, Moses gave them manna. He did something pretty big. Can't you show up like that? We need you to do the same. And then they say this, give us this bread, always. You just sense that they are hungry. They think it's just their physical, but this crowd is hungry for something more. For this first century Palestinian Jew, manna had so much more significance than just white flakes that came up, that rained down from God. It was, it was more than even that God provided for God's people when they were in the wilderness so that they didn't starve. It's, it's even more than that. See, what they have been told for thousands of years is that the manna, it meant God cared. It meant that when you are starving, God doesn't abandon you. It meant that God is not the creator who says, y'all are on your own. Manna meant God is involved in our everyday lives. Give us this bread, always. We long to know that you are going to be in our lives, always. They, they are desperate to know what can they do. They're even willing to conjure it up themselves. Tell us what we can do. They want to know God is still active, that God is still present, that that legend that their parents have told them about manna in, in the desert, that that isn't just a legend. We want to know it. I imagine there are some of us in here who are in a time when, you know, it might just still be legend. The reason that we believe in Jesus or that we go to the Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church is because we happened to be born in this country into a family where we got to go to church. God, Jesus, give us this bread always. I know that me and you, we are longing 
We are longing for our hearts to feel satisfied, for it to be enough. Give us this bread always. We are tired of falling asleep at night and thinking about what we didn't do and just needing more, needing something new, needing a new experience. And we dream, we dream of this this life where we can experience contentment and fullness, where at night when we lay our heads on our pillows, it's like we're in a milk coma with God. We're like immovable. You are enough. Give us this bread always. And you know what Jesus says back? He says, I am. I am the bread of life. So take out your bread. And I want you to put your nose all up in it. Smell it. If you don't have it, y'all can go back and get one. Or you can just watch us. You can smell this, y'all. Taste it. Go ahead and take a bite. Mmm. The crowds were full of this bread, and then they came asking for more. The thing about this bread, even the highly delicious Hawaiian sweet roll that some of you got, (laughs) is eventually it will mold. Eventually it will wither and dry up, and it will not be enough. It will never fully satisfy us. And Jesus says, but me, I am the bread of life. And y'all, it's, it's physical that he refers to it because he isn't just talking about who he is as fully God. He's talking about who he is as fully human because his bread, his body, it was broken. His body went through puberty and experienced all that awkwardness. His body When he fell, he got scraped. He got bruised. Jesus was suffocated and beaten. Jesus knows what it is like to be perishable. And he did it for all of us. John says, the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. When Jesus says, I am the bread of life, he is not just offering us all the the full satisfaction that we can have that only comes from God, but he is a, it is a demonstration of his love. This bread was broken. This is why we eat bread during communion. It's this tangible reminder that the love of God is the only thing that can fill. The love of God is the only thing that can satiate us that can satisfy us, that can bring contentment far beyond any emotion or experience or even relationship with another human. St. Augustine said it this way, our hearts, they are restless until they find their rest in God. When Jesus says, I am the bread of life, he is reminding us of his love shown in his broken body, his joy shown in resurrection and that it can never run dry. 
He's showing us his peace and how he lived his life so remarkably, how his peace pervades even the darkest of times. Have you been feeling hungry or thirsty for more in your life? At night, falling asleep, just never satisfied, wanting more in your relationships, more from work, more from school, hungry for a bigger and a better purpose, crying out to Jesus, give me this bread, always. Jesus is the bread of life the only one to meet our deepest needs and guide the course of our lives. We need to savor Jesus in every aspect of our lives. We need to make this year a time when we spend and get to know and be in a primary relationship with the most interesting man in the world.